everyone. Thank you for dropping into Wandering Mind. I'm your host, Juan, and I'm pleased to be joined by Dixon Lamb, a fellow writer and memoirist. Dixon is the author of Paper Sons, the winner of the 2017 Autumn House Press Nonfiction Prize, and his work has appeared in Story Quarterly, The Kenyan Review, Hyphen Magazine, The Normal School, Pink, The Goodman Project, The Rumpus, and Kartika Review. He holds MFA degrees in creative writing from the University of Houston and Rutgers, Newark. Dixon teaches English at Contra Costa College and lives in Oakland with his family. His memoir, Paper Sons, is set in San Francisco and explores his transformation from a teenage graffiti writer to a high school teacher working with troubled youth while navigating the secret violence in his family's past. Dixon, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me about your book and, and about your writing. I really appreciate it, man. Cool. Thanks, Juan. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Great. So one of the things that, that, that stood out for me um, about your book was its um, its structure. Um, since it's a memoir, um, the, the, the memoir is set out like in parts and in sections, and, and some of it is, is not linear. And so I was wondering... How did you come across like this structure and did at some point like did you try like a linear narrative and that just wasn't working out for you or I was just curious how how that came about. Yeah, that that was you know, it was a slow process is <clears throat> in the beginning I I just I didn't know anything about writing a book, you know, uh in the beginning. I I thought I could, you know, you could crank out a book in a year. I didn't think it was like I, I didn't think it was going to be that hard actually. I thought, yeah, you sit down, you write it from beginning to end, you know, the book, boom, get a book deal. Um, but, you know, it was much more complicated than that. Um, so I wrote the book from, you know, the beginning to end. And um, I think what I learned was that when you're writing the book, you're not just, you know, recording the events in your life, but you need to craft it into a narrative. Um, and so I think it took some time for me to understand sort of how to tell a story. Um, and once I started figuring that out, then, you know, I was able to, you know, revise little bits, bits and pieces of it, but I kept it still in chronological order. Um, I think one tricky thing was writing a memoir versus fiction is when you're doing fiction, you know, you're crafting everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're crafting everything with a memoir too, but you're, you're really just really starting off with nothing. You're, you're crafting everything. So you can think like, okay, well, I'm going to have this scene and I need to get to the next scene. And then you can kind of play with those scenes and those transitions to have it make sense, you know, uh, in terms of, a compelling narrative. You can always change things up and up the stakes to have it be a compelling narrative to you know drive the story along. Well, the memoir there's a limit to how much you can do without actually like lying, right? So you can do some of that, but then after a certain point, you can't just invent you know stuff happening that didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's another question, another another topic, I guess. But um, you know, so uh, you know, in workshop with readers and whatnot, I get my feed, the feedback would would be that you know, um, you know, it's, this is not compelling. You know, this scene and this scene, getting from this scene to this scene is not compelling. Um, but what's really interesting is, you know, and this is maybe after a while what I, when I was able to share, um, a, a, you know, a big chunk of, of the book with someone, not just like 20 pages or 30 pages, but, you know, a larger chunk. I did a workshop where it was it was like that. We submit basically a book and then people would give you feedback on your book, which was great. And they, they would say, 
okay, well, on page five, you have this, this information about names. And on page 30, you have this thing about names and, you know, da, 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 da. And it was sort of spread out throughout the book. And they said, what if you just had a chapter about names? And I had never really thought about things thematically like that. I think that felt a little scary, not having that sort of like, sort of tried and true structure of chronology that I, I understood, right? And I thought like, oh, I don't know how to shape a book around a theme. And so, um, but once I sort of made that shift was the names, that kind of taught me how to write the rest of the book in that, like, you know, if I can do this with names, maybe I can do with other themes that pop up. And so there were themes that other people suggested and themes that I found throughout the book that I it felt like I could use this theme to sort of capture, um, you know, different things that happen in different parts of a lot, uh, my life. I mean, I still a lot more about it, but that's sort of the quick answer of, of yeah. doing that. And then in terms of like the nitty gritty stuff, it's basically, I, I after I wrote, because I had written so much material, I just basically put the scene on index cards, threw them up on the wall, and mm -hmm. I was able to help make those sort of connections of saying like, oh, okay, this has to do with this. I'm talking about this here. Let me put these things together. And then after mm -hmm. that, it was just sort of like trial and error, just putting things together and seeing like, okay, this works together. Um, and, oh, this, I think, let me see if it works together. And then I realized it doesn't, when I would put things together, then I realized that in order to, for it to transition, I have to think about transitions in a different way when I'm trying to sort of juxtapose um, scenes mm -hmm. together that may not sort of, you know, go together in terms of the chronology. So like, but how do you put, how do you juxtapose the scenes in a way where, you know, it's not going to be like, oh, the next day, da, 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 right? Because it's not chronological, but mm -hmm. so you, you can't use, you know, something as, you, you don't always want to use something so heavy-handed. You have to figure out other ways to connect one sort of moment to another moment, and and so that was another thing to sort of you know to to investigate and figure out sort of how to do that. And that was that was very fun for me to think about how how do you you know create two moments you know in your life sort of juxtapose them in a way that has some type of deeper meaning for the reader. Um, how do you sort of hold their hand without appearing to hold their hand? Mm -hmm. um, so that was, it was kind of fun to think about that. Um, I had read an interview um, that you started writing um, your book um, after you chose to not speak with your father, uh, which is a thing um, that's in the book. I'm, it's a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. Um, so it, it seems like, you know, writing the, the book became like a way for, for you to just sort of process that huge change in your relationship um, with your father. And so I'm, I'm, I was curious to know if, like, while you're writing this memoir, because um, I wrote, I read in another interview that I think it took you about seven years to, to write your book. Um, did you find that the purpose of writing it changed for you during that time? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was like, you know, the relationship with my father, you know, trying to make sense of everything else happening in my family that was you know uh, the initial motivation mm -hmm. and i think you know that that was you know i mean that was there throughout but um i think at some point it became it's weird by but by, by in some ways by by writing so much about it it kind of detached me a little bit from it yeah and you know then it it felt like as you're writing about it you start realizing that you are thinking you have to put on a new hat right before you're you you have like maybe like one hand you're experiencing this experience from you know this person then as you're writing it you have a different hat where that person 
is now a character in your book mm. and you have to see them in, in a different light. So it, it created almost like another sort of personality that I had to have to be able to sort of juggle like Dixon as like this person who's going through this, but then also as a writer, you have to get in the heads a little bit of their, even though it's from the first person, you have to get in the heads of other, these other people and see things from their perspective. Um, yeah, so I, I guess it, it, it changed in that way. I think there, at some point the relationship with the father, because it was seven years is a long time. In the beginning, it was like, like this sort of strange place to be in for me, the feeling like that, that I would choose not to have a relationship with my father, or I didn't want to have, be in contact with him, or that I actually had to have to like make sure that I don't see him because like, he was known by my brother, so I had to do things to kind of avoid him. Um, and then at a certain point, because you know I was living. You know, I was doing MFA programs in different places in the country. I was like far away. I was like really removed from the whole family situation, actually, that it became just, you know, not necessarily, it didn't feel like just about the father. It felt like, you know, just just a writer trying to finish up this project, um, feeling a little bit detached from it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I guess maybe the more I got into it, the more, you know, deeper I got personally, but then also. I had a new ability that helped remove myself from the situation. The other thing that that really obviously stood out for me about your memoir is, um, you know, what you detail about your your father and and your sister and um, how how your father was molesting her from like a young age. And um, I mean, that's just like a super heavy thing to to talk about. Um, I think, um, you know, if you talk about like family secrets, like, I mean, that is like just something that is probably like just so common and so um, contained oftentimes within families. So, I mean, that was one thing that just um, stood out so much about your book was just how fearless you were um, in just writing about that. And um, it was very powerful to for me to, to witness that. And um, I read in an interview that uh, you had been writing your memoir for a while. And, um, and at one point, you approached your sister to, just to talk to her about what you were writing. And, um, and I, I think from what I read, like, you basically like it told her what you were writing and wanted to write, but you felt like you needed to have her permission basically to, to be able to just unearth and to just, um, just write about, um, this, this family history. Was there like up until that point, like was, was there something that had to happen, like that happened in your life or something happened like within your family that, um, that helped you arrive to that point where you felt ready to, to write about this history? Um, I think for me, one thing was that like, I had never written a, a, a book before and I, you know, I hadn't written anything before. So the idea of writing about this sort of family secret, um, it actually wasn't that big of a deal to me because I, I had, I didn't have a, I, I couldn't really conceive of this being a real thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I, I knew logically, I knew what I was trying to do, but I didn't really have an understanding that, you know, this is going to be out in the world and people were reading and, you know, what this would mean for my sister. I didn't really think about any of that. I just thought like, oh, I'll write this book. And as I started, you know, even in the beginning stages, as I started writing it, then I realized like, oh, 
this can be out in the world. And in my head, I thought I had to write this sort of book and it had to be like a masterpiece. Then I'll show it to my sister and she'll read it. And she'll be like, wow, you're, you're actually really good. And she'd be okay with it. And that's how I would be able to write it is that she would, she would read this book and she would be impressed by it. And she would like, give me permission. And, you know, it didn't quite work out that way because uh, the book was like really bad. And it was because I couldn't actually get in touch with those really, I can really talk about this thing because I felt like it was her story. I needed her permission. I mean, a little bit is, is, I mean, just ignorance. Like, I think that if I knew, I, I, I guess like the spirit of your question, I think for me, um, it just felt like something that was like an important story to tell because, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about how, you know, this is not a topic that's often, often, uh, you know, broached, um, especially in the Asian American community. Yeah. Um, you know, I had never really thought of this as like, you know, an, an issue or a, a prevalent issue in, in, you know, Asian American community. I just hadn't really, honestly, I didn't really think that much about the issue. I've heard of this. I've, I've met people. I've had friends who had, you know, these experiences, but I hadn't really heard that um, in any kind of Asian American narrative, you know, whether it was on TV or in other books. And yeah. I think before, maybe before I started writing it, I think I would share the story with some other people. And then I found out that actually, like, I mean, just from talking to other people, I was surprised by how common this was because I would say this and, oh, that happened to me, da, 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 or that happened to my cousin. Da, da. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a really, you know, common thing. And so, you know, that was another sort of like, you know, definitely the, the main motivation was just a personal thing, but in terms of like, you know, some larger thing of trying to connect this uh, to a larger community or trying to uh, sort of share this, the importance, realizing the importance of the story, I think um, just knowing that this is a topic that's not talked about a lot and, you know, what kind of effect that has on, you know, survivors. Um, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, not talking about it feeds into like, you know, you know, rape culture, just like, this is not some, this is a taboo thing or whatnot. So, you know, that was definitely an effort that I wanted to, um, you know, you know, address wanted the book to, especially for like Chinese Americans, just to put something out there that talked about this issue to have something. Cause I don't actually, you know, as you're writing the book, you try to look up elsewhere to see like what books are doing similar, similar work. You know, I know the people have written about it here and there, but in the book that I, I remember that really try to tackle it as like a main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was just important to me so that other people would be able to kind of read themselves in the stories and not feel like alone and, and just really just wanting to, to, this issue to be more sort of discussed and talked about. And so this, this book would be a, a basic, you know, could potentially be a basis for that. That's interesting to hear about how like ignorance or, or like how you were putting it um, w- was something that kind of helped you write this because um, I can relate to that, like in, in writing my memoir uh, where I was just putting things down and then I knew in the back of my head, like what I'm trying to do. And like, yes, I would like to get this published, but I was still writing and just giving myself license to just put down what I needed to. And I, I knew like sort of theoretically that like this could be published at some point, but I, I, I still like didn't arrive to that bridge until like I did. So how, how did you react like once you heard that that your book had won the, the Autumn House nonfiction prize and that it was going to get published? Like, how, like what? Happened? I was like jumping up and down. I was like, I mean, cause it, it, 
it you know from from finishing the book and publishing it it was like a you know, whole process so you know i was just so relieved and so happy about that you know get that it would get you know it would get out in the world um and um also to like the other point you're bringing up about you know just sort of not knowing everything in the beginning i think that was like so such a healthy place for me to be writing from because mm. i met other people in, in mfa programs and they always wanted to be a writer. They've read all this stuff. And it was just like, so I could tell when they were talk about stuff, I'm like, wow, you sound really stressed. Like this is like, cause, cause so some people have a lot of stuff, a lot of other stuff in their head besides the actual work mm. that kind of gets in the way. So like in the beginning, I didn't have any of that. I just was like, I just didn't really think through things, you know, which was like good for me and just to kind of focus on the work. And then, um, yeah, so that was really helpful. But if I knew, if I had told myself, if somehow I could like go back in time, I would tell myself like, okay, you're starting this project. Okay, here's what you need to know. It's gonna take you seven years. I would, I would that 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 Dixon before would have just said, okay, I'm not doing that. I'll do something different. In seven years, like that's like a, I was, you know, I started writing when I was like 30. That sounds like a long time for a 30 year old. Seven years. I'm like, wow. I, I I totally would have done this. Some I wouldn't talk. I would not have written this book. It would have been. The idea would seem like too long for me. I would have to do something else. Yeah. So I'm glad I, I, I'm not able to travel back in time. <laughs> how did writing this memoir and getting it published, how did it change you as a person? Mm. Um, I was talking a little bit about this earlier, but it definitely had to you know, put myself in other people's shoes, right? To tell, you know, your own story. You still have to do that even though it's your story. I think that when I first, like when I was writing this and I was, you know, doing like little exercises to put myself in the place of other people in my story, my father, my mother, my sister, it was an exercise to to try to tell a story better, right? In that, like I wanted to flush out these characters and make them more well-rounded and whatnot. But what I found is actually by doing that, it actually told me more about myself, because it helped me understand. It's like the idea of like triangulation, right? It's like you get all these things and it helps you understand, you know, from different points of view and it helps you understand what really happened. Because you have a narrative that you've created for yourself about your life. It's totally normal. We do it. And when you're talking about things that happened in the past, sometimes, you know, 10, 20 years ago, especially in your adolescent years or your childhood years, those memories have become sort of a, a truth in a way for you right? That you've sort of relied on that it's really hard to, to in, in sort of normal day-to-day, your, your normal day-to-day life, it's, you, you would never really challenge it because it's, it's too much work. You know, you're doing, you're doing your life, you're doing your work, you're watching your Netflix. There's no reason to sit for an hour and think about this moment, you know, when you were six and you usually don't do that kind of work. So, but by having it, forcing yourself to do this, it's like, I learned so much like, oh, that's actually probably not what happened. Right, this whole thing like that's just a lie. It's really this other thing. Um, so, in terms of like you know how it helped me grow as a person, I think being more empathetic toward you know other people, sort of in general, but also toward my parents, because um, I think that was not a perspective that I really thought much about before. You know, I, I didn't think about it in a real deep way, but writing the book, having to think through that. Um, having to think through a little bit about the context for their lives, you know, I mean, it was just a little bit. It helped me understand a little bit more about what they might have been going through. Do you do you recall like what was the hardest part in the in your memoir to write? 
Was there like a section or a part that stands out that was like, that was the hardest thing to do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, all of it felt, honestly, all of it felt really hard. Um, But I I guess a couple of things. In terms of emotionally hard, definitely the stuff with my sister. I think when I went to one of the Vona workshops, I had a, a, a workshop with Chris Abadi. And at that point, I had been writing the book for two years. And I would say two years. I mean, I was like working on it pretty much like every day for a couple hours, like every day for like two years. I don't, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have kids. So it was just stay up and just do whatever. And when, when I submitted the uh, the piece in Chris Abadi's workshop, you just, you know, you can only submit like 30 pages and submit the first 30 pages. And, you know, he, he asks questions. I mean, you know, Chris Bonnie, he'll ask you, like, real tough questions to, to rip open your soul. You know, he asked me a little bit more about what the book was about. And I told him it was this thing about my father and my sister, da, 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 da. And he just said, you know, like, why is that not here? And I said, oh, you know, just for 30 pages. You know, everybody's always saying that when it works out. Oh, that's just going to happen later on. So he said, oh, when does it happen? I was like, oh, I was looking at my notes. I'm like, mm, page 240. I think he's like, well, <laughs> you need to actually begin with it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he said the reason why you're not you're you're, not, you're waiting to page two forty is that sort of mimics, right? What you're doing in your life, you're trying to put this issue off from actually dealing with it in your own life, and it's playing out on the page, right? So I think trying to address it up front, like when my sister gave me the permission, it was helpful because it allowed me to go through the door to explore these feelings and these questions and whatnot. But that was a scary place, and that was probably another reason why I didn't talk to my sister about it in the beginning. Um, but yeah, having to go there and think about things from her perspective, you know, it was, it was really scary. It was, you know, not a, not a fun thing. Um, so that was the hardest thing, I think, emotionally, like writing about writing about that. Another challenge I had uh, in, in writing characters from my childhood was that, like if you were writing a novel, you could, you could sort of like kind of merge people together like you could have like one person or you know one person represent like 10 different people you can kind of make them a certain way you do stuff where you can mold them a little bit in a memoir i know some people do like some some of that um i didn't i didn't do that i didn't really do it with mine um but i had a hard time sometimes when i have scenes and they're like 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 10 other other kids and i was like oh man this is like really confusing and so like trying to you know you know, leave some people out to focus in more on these people. Even then, it was kind of hard because it was just—it was hard to to, to write people, um, to 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 develop like well-rounded characters, and um, in a way, um, even if I didn't know that character like deeply. If that makes sense. Again, in fiction, you can just make it up. You can make up things, but like, well, I can't make up things, and I can't really, can't really go back and ask them. Like, when you're 15, what did you mean by this? <laughs> you know, like, right. I couldn't really do that. So that was a struggle. You know, another layer to that struggle was the fact that most of the people I'm writing about in my childhood, teenage or my, my teenage years, my adolescence, were black kids, right? That was also like another t- topic, also like another topic that was not really emotional, dif- emotionally difficult, but it was a topic that I resisted writing about for a long time because I was worried about like, you know, cultural appropriation or, um, you know, some being exploitative, you know, and I had resisted writing about it for a few years and I was in a workshop with um, Terry Jones and 
And I, I, I but I, I couldn't help it because there are things that wouldn't be in there and I can't avoid writing. I would write little, little, like just like little things here and there, but it wouldn't really be the main point of the story. And so, but to other people, there were, these were the interesting parts. They're like, well, you write about all this stuff. That's not really interesting. This stuff is really interesting. Why don't you write about this? And I was like, and I said exactly what I said to you. I said to her and she was like, you know, but that's not really what's going on here because like this, like this is still your story. And, you know, you know, these other kids you're writing about with this kid you're writing about, it's part of your story. So you, you have to write about it. Um, so then I started exploring more with that, but you know, that's still something I, I struggle with as a memoirist. I feel like, I feel like I'm making excuses here, but I feel like as a fiction writer, I would feel like I would have more tools to work around some of the things, some of the landmines that are there. I can like think like, okay, well, that's a stereotype. So me like work against that by doing these things. And I was a little more limited with that because again, like some people I really knew and some people I knew during that time. And I can't say I knew all their family life to pull out details that would make them less stereotypical. And I also didn't feel comfortable making it up. So I'm kind of left with what I, what I observed in that, you know, at that time. I'm wondering if, you know, writing your memoir, especially since it's been a while since it's been out there, how, how do you think it changed um, uh, your relationship with your family? I think the only person that's changed, ah, changed? Hmm. No, no, I wouldn't say it changed my relationship with my family at all. Mm. Um, I've always had, you know, a strong relationship with my sister. That hasn't really changed. I think there's some things that, that um, you know, writing the book, publishing the book has played a part, I think, in, in changing her, mm. um, you know, in a good way, I think. Um, for example, like when I had my book launch, I didn't invite my sister. She, she lives in a different state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I thought it crossed my mind. Like, I, was like, I don't want to invite her. She's make her feel awkward. She's like all these people she doesn't know. And I'm talking about father molesting you. It's like, yeah, I don't want to, she's not going to fly all the way here for that. I'm not going to bother her with that. Right. But she saw it on Facebook. She saw the thing. She saw the event. She was like, oh, I want to go to it. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be, I have to read from the book. I'm going to have to talk about these things. And um, I think when I was writing the, book this is what i noticed i don't know if you had this experience when i was writing the book and you know some people who are in it and i was writing the book and i'm saying to these people oh i'm writing a book and you're in it people are like oh that's interesting oh you know and then when i said but when i say it's going to be published it's like oh shit (laughs) what why are you right what are you writing about let me see it why are you writing about that people like all of a sudden contest what's in it you know it's, it's a whole and I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really foresee that. Although I guess I should have, because it's kind of obvious. But I didn't think that would happen. But um, so for my sister, like that, that you know, she didn't sort of challenge it or whatever. But I think that being because it was being published, she, um, I don't know if it was because it was being published, but I think it was a part in her seeking therapy. Um, it was during the same period of her, you know, trying to process what this meant to her and these feelings that came up for her when the book was being published, and part of the sort of the work she was doing in therapy was to come out here and go to the event, you know, have the story, you know, and I even thought about, you know, like when I found out she was coming, I was like, in my mind, I didn't say this to her, but in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm not going to read anything about her because that's messed up. You know, I'm going to read something different. But I thought like, you know what? She's a, she's a grown woman, right? She's a grown ass woman. She didn't fly all the way out here so I could read something about graffiti, right? So, you know, she, she knows what she's getting into. There's a reason why she came and I need to honor that. So, so she, she she came to the to the event. She said that you know when you know the topic did come up about what my father did that 
you know, I said it, right? And she looked around, she heard, saw people listening, so they definitely said it, and she was still there. And just, that gave her strength to feel that, you know, it didn't have that power over her that she thought it might, you know? Um, so I think, you know, that was a, a, you know, powerful moment from her, a powerful moment for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had, we've had a strong relationship for a, a while now, and she's, she, she's, she's supported me, you know, since I've been an adult, you know, unconditionally. She's always had my back, so that part hasn't changed. Father, ah, same thing. I didn't talk to him. I don't talk to him now, so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, so I actually, I don't think it actually changed. I didn't change. Uh, I would say, I would say that it didn't feel like it changed anything in my immediate family. Mother, you know, same thing. She didn't, she didn't read the book. She has it at home, but you know, she doesn't. She's not going to read. Um, she, she doesn't. She's not going to read English. She doesn't know how to read in English. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it was Chinese, she wouldn't even read it in Chinese. I bought her a novel once in Chinese, thinking that like, oh. This will help, you know, she didn't, she didn't read it. She likes to read the Chinese newspaper, but that's kind of the much attention span she has. She likes to clean things around the house. She didn't have time to sit down to read anything. Um, but actually, it, it, it did help my relationship with my um, my mom's cousins. My mom's cousins, I, I never really was too close to was growing up. And um, so that's, I think that was the thing that surprised me, my sort of extended family and how much the book would have affected them. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised that so many people wanted to read it and that, you know, some of them read it and been talking to each other about it. And that was like really surprising to me because I just assumed they wouldn't read it. And yeah. So I was surprised. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was pretty cool. Like connecting with them. And I felt like because I'm writing about myself and that, you know, that, you know, give them a sense of, of, you know, who I am and also like our family growing up. Cause our family was a, um, we weren't as close to like other, other members my mom's family so i think that was kind of enlightening for them to see kind of how we grew up and things that happened in our family it might explain some things so that was pretty cool yeah that is cool and um it's really beautiful to hear about um your sister's response to it and, and your relationship to it and, and how like writing this um was was able to help her th- through that too i think that's yeah that's beautiful to hear because um Oftentimes, like, you know, the, the writing, I think, especially when it's memoir, it's in a way it's like this like this tough gift that we're giving ourselves. But if it can help someone else, I mean, that's just always um, just kind of like a bonus. Like, at least that's how I see it. What are some of your favorite books that you've read recently? Man, I wish I, I wish I had some. I read some books recently. Uh, it's been so hard. Like even reading, it's like been so hard since I've been a parent. I... I have such a I have such a hard time. I uh I can't really say I've read this recently, you know, but just in the last period, I guess. Um, because you know, as a parent, I don't have a lot of time. Um, I've read a lot of Lydia Davis because mm-hmm. her her stories are very short. Um, you know, sometimes it's a sentence long. I'm like, oh, cool, I read a story. Boom, that was easy. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, you know, I, I love I love her work. I re reread. This is an Edward P. Jones uh, short story collection on Hagar's Children. I hadn't read that before, so yeah. I, I started reading that because uh, I was a, a really big fan of uh, his first, his earlier short story collection, A Lost City. Yes. Um, yeah, that book's amazing. So mostly, I'm going after like shorter, shorter pieces. Um, it's it's actually hard for me to read for pleasure, like just to sit down and just read something. Oh, I just want to read it because I want to enjoy the story. Um, <clears throat> I feel like. If that's if that's my reason for reading, oftentimes I just don't read because I just feel like 
I'm too exhausted for that pleasure. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to watch Netflix. So I'll just go to sleep. Um, but I think as I'm, you know, as I'm, I'm starting to like work on something new that that gives me more energy when I feel like I'm reading for like a purpose, like, oh, this is going to help me write this. It just, it just gives me a little more, you know, to, to, to sacrifice other things to, to spend time reading it. Um, so I think like when I, so I'm always interested in reading poetry because I think it's, it's, it's really helpful for me just in terms of like language and cadence and just really, really enjoy it, even though, you know, I'm not a poet and I can never write poetry or even analyze poetry in any kind of deep way, but I just really enjoy it. So have you been working on anything lately or? I just started like it's, it's, you know, it's been a while since the, it's been a while since the book was published, but it's actually been a very long time since I actually finished you know, finish, right, the manuscript, because afterwards you submit it and you still have to edit it with your editor and whatnot, but in terms of when I had it to a place where I submitted it, it was long, it was like seven years ago, and I think in the time, I, the first couple of years after I finished that, I, I was working on a a graphic novel version of the book, um, but, I, you know, I'm not, it sounds really interesting, and everyone I say this to, they're all like, mm-hmm. but, like, I'm not, I'm not an artist, so actually I have no skills in that regard, um, so I would have had to pair up with someone and that process was like really hard. Mm. Um, so I, I tried working on that, but it was it was it was hard just getting someone to be able to commit. But after that, just I didn't know what to write about, and then you know I became a dad, and I thought like, oh, maybe I'll write about this. So it's, it's been a lot of uh, sort of false starts. A lot of <clears throat> a lot of writers compare um, you know writing a book um, to you know birthing you know a child, right? you know, as, as a metaphor, right? And I think, like, we take that metaphor, I think for me, the last few years, I've never felt pregnant, right? Yeah. I feel like, oh, I want to get pregnant, but I'm not pregnant, right? Because I look at the test, and I'm like, I'm oh, negative. But I'm, I'm trying, I'm kind of, well, not really trying. After a while, I'm not really, I'm not, honestly, I'm not trying very hard. I wasn't trying very hard after a while. Um, but, but but this summer, I was working on something, and I felt like when I was, right? And it, it wasn't a long thing, it was a very short thing, but I worked on something, and when I ended that like that page, we're talking like like three pages, right? When I ended that section, I looked at it and I was like, "I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Like there, this, there's something, there's something, actually something here. There's there, there's something there that that can teach me how to write the rest of this book, right? Um, and then my my, my daughter tested positive for COVID, and it just, <laughs> I haven't been able to do anything in weeks. I thought that was like the first half of summer, and then I thought I had more time in the second half of summer, but that's not really working out. So. And during the semester, I usually don't have any time to really, really write. I mean, I'll try, but I usually don't have much time. But hopefully, more in the in the, in the during winter break. Um, but now that I have something, I think that that will that will that will give me enough energy to work sort of at night, kind of when I would need to work like like this. But basically, I'm working on on. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, it's stuff about like parenting, but I think when I'm talking in, in English. It, I'm much more aware of, okay, oh, this is how I should be as a parent. But because I'm trying to promote Chinese among my kids, I only know how to be a fucked up Chinese parent. I don't know how to be a good parent. For English, I watch TV. I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. You know, Chinese, I don't know the right words for that. All I know is how to be, uh, how to shame the child, how to humiliate them. And, you know, that kind of talk. That's the only talk I know as a parent. So that, that's why I fall back on it. And uh, I don't really, I didn't, I don't really realize until my wife is like, what does that mean? And I say, she's like, why would you say that? I'm like, oh, in 
I didn't think it was that bad growing up, but now that I have to say it in English, it sounds horrible. Um, so you know stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I'm interested in, in I'm interested in language. I'm interested in you know parent. Um, my wife is black, so ch- the children are biracial, and also like what that means being black and Asian, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, I'm trying to write about it in a way that I've, I find interesting. So I don't really just I'm just trying to you know trying to try to write about that in an interesting way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it it has to um, has to be interesting to you, and if, and if it's not, then it's you can't you can't expect the readers to be interested either. So, um, well, that sounds that sounds interesting, man. And um, I hope that idea continues to germinate, and and I um, and crossing my fingers that that um, you'll keep that going, and and we'll find some time to um, to continue to explore that. Yeah, like I said, I'm pregnant, so it's going to come one way or another. I don't know how long, but it's going to come out. <laughs> cool, man. You've been extremely generous with your time, and um, thank you so much for, for talking to me about Paper Sons and, and about just that process of, of writing and publishing it and um, letting us in on, on, yeah, what's going on with you. So really appreciate your time, Dixon, and... Um, yeah, it's it's a great book, and um, we'll definitely have some links to it in the podcast as well, so people can check it out and check out your website. And um, yeah, this has been great. I'm I'm grateful that we've been able to catch up. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation. Great questions. Thanks. And thank you for listening. Stay safe. Take care of yourself, your loved ones, and others. It's fucking crazy out there.